I want to talk to you about the blessed life. And we are going to talk a lot about finances, but don't tune me out. Because finances have to do with every area of your life. If you get some financial things worked out, it will help your marriage. It will help your health. It will help your family. It will help your children, your relationships. It will help your own ability to be able to sleep and rest at night if you understand some of God's principles about finances. And let me just tell you something about finances. There are less than 500 verses in the Bible on prayer. There are a little over 500 verses on faith. There are 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Do you know how many, G- how many parables Jesus taught? Anyone know? Jesus taught 38 parables. 16 out of those 38 parables have to do with money and possessions. Why? Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And see, we have quoted that backwards many times. We've said that, you know, the Bible says where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said where your treasure is, there your heart will be. In other words, your heart follows your treasure. If you you put your treasure in a, a house, you begin taking care of that house. You put it in a stock, you start checking that stock in the paper, hopefully. None of you are doing that right now. <laughs> but uh, if you put your treasure in a boat, you you know you take care of the boat. You, I used to um, I used to have a Corvette. I'd always wanted a Corvette. About four years ago, I bought a Corvette. And um, one time we had some guest speakers at the church, and so Debbie had a suburban, so I took her suburban to the restaurant to take the guest speakers with me, you know. And she took the uh, Corvette, and we got to the restaurant, and she just casually said to me when she gave me back the keys, it was low on gas, so I put gas in it. Now, I said, what kind of gas did you put in it? And she said, well, regular. Well, we um, we had to work through that. And um, the reason, because my treasure was in that car, so part of my heart was in that car. But we've uh, gone to marriage counseling. Everything's fine now. So anyway, wherever you put your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. The title of the message today is Who's On First? Now, I'm just going to check and see kind of the age of our crowd here. And that is, how many of you ever heard, maybe probably on tape, probably not live, but you ever heard on tape, Abbott and Costello do the comic routine, who's on first? I mean, man, we got an old church. (laughs) We're going to have to reach the younger generation. Well, that's what we're talking about. Who's on first in our hearts? Is God on first? Does God have first place? Now, turn to Exodus chapter 13, and we're going to begin in Exodus 13, and we're going to end in Exodus 13. If you don't have your Bibles, all of the uh, Scripture will be on the PowerPoint. I want you to bring your Bibles, though. I want to encourage you, but if you're uh, new, it's your first time, if you forgot your Bible this morning, then we'll have them on PowerPoint. Also, if you're new to Gateway Church, in the bulletin are sermon notes. And I do put the points in there in the Scripture references so you can go back and read the Scripture during the week. But we also leave those blank lines because I want you, I want you to write down what the Holy Spirit speaks to you during the message. So we're talking about who's on first. Exodus chapter 13, verse 1. Exodus 13, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. All, the firstborn. 
whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. I just want you to notice, the Lord says, the firstborn are mine. They belong to me. That is in the Bible 16 times. 16 times in, in various words and phrases, he makes the statement, the firstborn belong to me. They are mine. Now, look down at verse 12. Exodus chapter 13, verse 12. Then you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. All. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Think about the type here, the, the symbolism of a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Now, here's, we're going to talk about three principles today about God being first. Number one, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. This is a principle in God's Word. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Now, let me explain to you what the word redeemed means for a minute. Redeemed means to purchase again. In other words, to purchase back. To, 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 uh, pay something to get something back or to get something, to purchase again. Now, we did a little test a moment ago on the age of the crowd on Abbott and Costello. We're gonna, I'm gonna do another one now. How many of you have ever licked, not just seen or heard of, but licked an S&H green stamp? Golly, man, we really are going to have to go after the youth. I'm telling you, and, and we, we used to do those books. My mother had drawers of books. And she tricked me like every mother does, just like your mother did. She said, if you'll help me lick these stamps, right? See, we didn't have the sense to wet a rag back then. If you'll just help me lick these stamps, then when we go to the S&H, remember what it was called? Green stamps, but it was also called the Redemption Center. That's right, because we redeemed those stamps for some of the greatest worthless junk. She said, if you'll help me lick these stamps, then we'll get something for you when we go to the redemption store. There is nothing for little boys at the S&H Green Stamp Redemption Center. That's why they went out of business. She got me a lamp. All right, so that's what we're talking about. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed, purchased back. And what the Lord traded for us was His own Son. That's who redeemed us. Now, I want you to notice the principle of this. The clean must be sacrificed. The firstborn clean must be sacrificed. The unclean must be redeemed. I'm hoping that every time I preach, you're going ahead of me in your spirit, and the Holy Spirit is showing you what this represents scripturally. These clean were, was sacrificed. The firstborn clean was sacrificed. The unclean was redeemed. Now, let me ask you something. How was God's son, God's firstborn son, was he born clean or unclean? Clean. And how were you and I born? 
unclean. The clean was sacrificed for the unclean. The unclean, we were redeemed. The firstborn clean was sacrificed so we could be redeemed. Is that good? Jesus Christ was God's firstborn, and He was clean. He was born the clean, spotless Lamb. When John the Baptist saw Jesus coming out of the wilderness, he sealed his fate when he said these words, Behold the Lamb of God, the clean, firstborn Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the whole world who redeems us. And that's what he did. Now, listen, God gave Jesus before you believe. Did you know that? God gave Jesus, and if you, in fact, use this terminology, in faith, in hope that you would believe. The Bible says while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God didn't wait to see if we would repent or change or get worthy to give Jesus. He gave Jesus first. He gave Jesus while we were spitting on him and mocking him and nailing him to the cross. He was still giving his clean, his firstborn. The firstborn he was sacrificing for us. Listen, that's what tithing is all about. And don't tune me out because I use the word tithing. But this is the principle. The firstborn is the same principle. It means that we're going to give to God first before we see if we have enough, before if we check everything out, before we see what the bills are. We're going to give to God first. And that's what the firstborn is all about. God will never be second. He will only be first. We have to give to God first. God, if any race that God ever runs, he never comes in second place. Every game that he plays, he wins. If God played 18 holes of golf, his score would be 18, 18 hole-in-ones. He would never miss. He's perfect. He's first. He's always foremost. And this is what God is saying to us. I will not be second in your life. Because it is morally and ethically wrong for anyone to ever put God second. He can't be second. He's perfect. He has to be first. And so God says, give me the first one. Put me first in your life. Why could? Have you ever thought about this? What gave God the right to take all of the firstborn in the tenth plague in Egypt? What gave him the right to come in and say, I'm going to take all the firstborn of man and beast? I'll tell you what gave him the right. The firstborn belonged to him. See, this is a principle all through Scripture. So God comes in and says, I'm taking the firstborn. Now, they're either going to be sacrificed or they're going to be redeemed. And let me tell you how you can redeem them, by the blood of the Lamb. You know, I believe if an Egyptian had put his faith in God and put the blood of a Lamb on his doorpost, his son would have been spared. If he would just put his faith in God and his trust in God. So God said, give me the firstborn. In the book of Acts, you know what it said about the early church? It said that they gave the first to the Lord. Everything they had, it said they gave first to God. They gave themselves even first to God. See, I'm not talking about just your finances. And we give our first to God, the first part of our day, the first part of our week. You know why the New Testament church met on Sunday? Two reasons. One is because that's the day Jesus rose up. Now, I want you to think about something else. I know we don't know a lot about Jewish history, but we ought to. We really ought to. And here's the thing. This was a Jewish church meeting on Sunday, not Saturday. A Jewish church that decided, after all of the thousands of years of meeting on Saturday, they decided to meet on Sunday. Two reasons. Number one, because it's the day Jesus rose on, and they met to celebrate his resurrection. Number two is because they wanted to give the first part of their week to the Lord. The first part of their week. That's why we meet on Sunday. 
And by the way, I know we have Saturday night services, but in the Jewish calendar, the the sun the day begins at sundown. <laughs> so I told the services last night, you know, you you made it just barely in the first part of the week. The seven o'clock crowd makes it for sure. The five o'clock's a little iffy, but they're they're close enough. You know, we want to give as Christians, we want to give our first to the Lord. Some people's week begins on Monday. That's really, that's, they think that's the first day of the week. And they're going to get up on Monday and they're going to start making deals and they're going to start doing things and making phone calls. You know why? Because they give the first part of their life to money and to business. Other people's week begins on Friday. You know people like this. Thank God it's Friday. TGIF. Can't wait till Friday. I'm going to party all weekend. You know what they're telling you? I give my life to party. That's the most important thing to me. But as Christians, we give the first part of our week to God. Isn't that good? So we need to give the first to God. The firstborn belongs to God. Here's the second principle I want you to understand. The first fruits must be offered. I want you to notice I'm using the word must in all of these points. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed, and the first fruits must be offered. Now, just stay at Exodus 13. We'll come back there in a moment, but let me show you a few more scriptures. Exodus 23, verse 19 says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord, your God. Look how clear this is. The first of your first fruits you shall bring into the house of the Lord, your God. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. The first portion belongs to God also. The first portion, not just the firstborn, but the first portion of all of our fruit, all of our increase, whatever your job is, when you get an increase from it, when you make your income, the first of your first fruits belong to God. Do you remember when they, they came out of Egypt, they wandered in the wilderness, the children of Israel, they crossed the Red Sea, and they began taking the promised land. What was the first city that they took? Remember? Jericho. And do you remember what God said about all the silver and the gold from Jericho? Do you remember this story? God said, give me all the silver and gold from Jericho. Why didn't he say, give me 10%? Well, it's very simple, because Jericho was the first city. And the first always belongs to God. And God didn't say this either. He didn't say, conquer ten cities and then give me one of them. He didn't say, make sure that you get four or five of them under your belt so you'll have enough provision and then go back and just set aside all of it from Jericho. Just set it aside and make sure that way you know you'll have it just in case you need it. If, it. if it doesn't go very well, then just set it aside. Then after you get a few of them down the road, then give me all of it. You know what he said? When you go to Jericho, don't you take any of it to yourself. You bring all of the silver and the gold to my house. It's mine. Why? It's first. And let me tell you what that did. It took faith. <laughs> See, they, they've been slaves. They come out of Egypt. They wander for 40 years in the wilderness. Then they go in and take the promised land. They take this city. All this gold, all this silver is laying around. They got the city. And God said, no, none of it's yours. It's all mine. And you say, well, God, what if we get beat up in the second city? What if we don't get past the second city? What about the third city? What what happens? And it takes faith. That's what it is about tithing. It takes faith to give God the first. Also, talking about that silver and gold, in Joshua 6, he calls it consecrated. 
In Joshua 7, something he calls it a different word, and the reason is because one person took part of it. Do you remember his name? Achan. Achan took some of the silver and gold. In Joshua 6, God said, don't touch any of the consecrated things. All the gold, all the silver, he called it consecrated. Joshua 7, he comes and says, someone took of the accursed things. I want you to think about this. This is absolutely amazing. He's talking about the tithe, and he calls it consecrated to the Lord until someone takes it. Then he calls it cursed. It's consecrated until you touch it. It's cursed if you take it and use it for yourself. By the way, the, the, in the Hebrew, consecrated and cursed, those two words, consecrated and accursed, there's one vowel different. Just one vowel from those two words. In other words, it just takes a little bit to change something from consecrated to cursed. If we take what belongs to God, it's cursed. If we give it to him, it's consecrated and it's blessed. Let me show you another scripture. Before I show it to you, though, let me, let me tell you about this. People talk about tithing began with the law. And then, uh, uh, and I preached for years, well-meaning pastors say, no, it began 430 years before the law when Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. I just want you to know, it goes all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> all the way back to the beginning. There's a story in the beginning of the Bible that all of us know. And when I was in Bible college, I remember this question being asked of the professor. Why was this? And the professor didn't even know the answer. And I'm going to show you today how easy it is. It's, it's simple. And all of you are going to see it. You're all going to see it. Do you remember the story about Cain and Abel? Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. Both of them brought an offering to the Lord. Is that right? Cain's was not accepted. Abel's was accepted. And this was asked, asked in Bible college. <laughs> Why did God not accept Cain's and accepted Abel's? And the professor said, I don't know. He said, when we get to heaven, we'll ask God. That, that's what he said. That was his answer. And I'm, I'm not trying to put him down, but I'm telling you, if you don't understand the firstborn and the first fruits, you'll never understand it. But I want to read this to you, and I want you to watch it in light of this principle that the firstborn and first fruits belong to God, and God will never accept second fruits. He'll only accept the first. Now, just watch this. Genesis 4, verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Did you see it? Look, look again at verse 3. In the process of time. In the process of time, Cain was a farmer, Abel was a, 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 a rancher in essence, and Cain, he lets, he brings the first fruit, he gets his fruits in, he sets some aside, he does something with this, he does something with that, he does something with this, and then in the process of time, he brings an offering to the Lord. Abel, though, he has uh, his sheep, his ewe, his, has a lamb, and immediately he sacrifices the firstborn to God. It's simple, isn't it? You see, the reason God accepted Abel's was it was the first. The reason he didn't accept Cain's was it wasn't the first. And God will never accept second. Never. The firstborn belongs to God. The first fruits belong to God. They are God's. And you say, boy, you took tithing all the way back to Genesis 4. I can take it before that. I can go even before that. Think about this. In the garden, now think about this. This is what God, all through the Bible, God says, the tithe is mine, don't touch it. It's mine, don't touch it. It belongs to me. Don't touch the tithe. 
Don't take the tithe. There's even one scripture that says don't eat the tithe. Don't eat it. It's not yours. It's mine. Now, think about before Cain and Abel. God creates the earth, creates man and woman, and this is what he does. He says, you can have the whole garden. Set that tree right there. That tree's mine. Don't touch it. Don't eat it. It's mine. You see, he was testing their hearts with that tree. Guess what? God tests your heart with the tithe. Do you really think God needs your 10%? (laughs) I just want you to think about this for a minute. Do you really think God needs your 10%? No, he doesn't need it. You know what he's doing? He's got all the money in the world, right? He's got more than what's in the world. (laughs) He's got everything. He's just testing you. He's finding out who's on first. That's what he's finding out. In your life, he's finding out who's on first. It's a test. God says, you can have 90%. Give me 10. And he tests your heart. And we suffer the consequences when we take the 10. And we reap the benefits when we give the 10. All right, here's the last principle. The tithe must be first. The tithe must be first. Let me show you scripture. Leviticus 27, verse 30. And all the tithe of the land. I just want you to notice again, it said all. Not part of the tithe. All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy. That word holy means set apart, consecrated, set aside, sanctified. It is set apart to the Lord. I want you to notice these three words. Is the Lord's. The tithe, all the tithe of the land. Whether the fruit of the tree, whether the seed, no matter what it is, it is the Lord's. It belongs to the Lord. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe stealing is wrong? Say, great. Three people believe stealing is wrong. (laughs) Do you believe stealing is wrong? Do you believe you'll suffer consequences if you steal? Okay. Do you believe stealing from God is wrong? (laughs) I mean, you know, I I don't want to steal, but I definitely don't want to steal from God. I don't want to take what belongs to God. It belongs to God. The tithe belongs to Him. The firstborn belongs to God. The first fruits belong to God. And the tithe belongs to God. Now, let's talk about the tithe. Let's say that you came this week and did some work for the church. And at the end of the week, there was a table. Pretend there's a table in front of me. And I laid out 10 $100 bills. All right? And I said, this is your, we're going to pay you $1,000 for what you did this week. Now, I'm going to ask you two questions about these 10 $100 bills. This $1,000 laying in front of us here, all right? Number, question number one. How much is the tithe? $100, right? Okay. We all get that one right. Here's the second one. Which one is the tithe? Now, because I'm preaching on it, you, you most of you got that one right. <laughs> but I got another question for you. Well, which one's the first? Is it, is it, and last night even I said, which one's the first? And this lady pointed to this one over here. She said, I'm over there, because it's on the left. Well, is the first one the one on your left or the one on my left? Which one? The first one I lay down? No, you still missed it. That was great though. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> 
No, it's the first one you pick up. <laughs> it's the first one that you spend. That's the point. It's the first one that you spend. You know, because you say, well, I'll pick them up all in a bunch. Well, okay, listen to me. <laughs> it's the first one that leaves your house. That's the first portion. In other words, you take that $100 bill and you'll give 100 to Kroger's and you give 300 to this, to the electric company and you give some over here and then you come and give your 100 to God. Listen, I'm not being legalistic. I'm not being legalistic. I'm talking about your heart. I am talking about your heart. But is it really faith to pay all the bills and then see if we have enough left over to tithe? No. The first one belongs to God. Listen, when I, when I do the bills, when I get paid twice a month, the first check I write is the tithe check. And again, it's not legalism with me. It is my heart. I want to do that. I want to say the first one that I write, the first one I write is going to be to you. Now, there are times we have um, um, automatic, whatever you call it, deposit, you know, electronic deposit. Is that what you call it? Anyway, we have fancy stuff here at the church, okay? And so they, on the 15th and 30th, I get paid. And there are times when maybe we're, we're not even thinking that, okay, it's the 15th and it went in last night. And maybe Debbie will go to the grocery store and buy groceries or something. That's okay. I mean, I don't, you know, say, well, that's just great. We're cursed now all month. <laughs> you gave the tithe to Kroger's, you know. No, no. When I sat down to pay the bills, when I sat down at my desk and I enter that deposit in the check register, the first check that I'm going to write is the tithe check. And I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm saying it's my heart. I want to give the first to God. The first portion, see, this is why. The first portion has the blessing on it. The first portion redeems the rest. Now, remember that. When you were a rancher and your sheep had a lamb, you had to give that firstborn, and you didn't know if that sheep was going to produce anymore. It took faith for you to do that. But the Bible says if you'll give the first one, the rest are redeemed. The rest of them are blessed. All the rest of your lambs are going to be blessed if you'll give me the first one. That's what God says. So the first portion is the redemptive portion. Don't give the redemptive portion to the electric company. That, that Listen, I promise you, TU does not have the ability to bless your finances. But God does. Don't give the first portion to the mortgage company. Don't give the first portion to the Christian school tuition. Give the first portion to God. And then the rest is blessed. Do you, do we really believe, do we honestly believe that a hundred percent without God's blessing will go farther than ninety percent with God's blessing? No, and we need to give the first to God. See, here's the problem. We fear the IRS, the electric company, and the mortgage company more than we fear God. And another way to say that is we respect, we honor the IRS and the mortgage company and the electric company more than we honor God. And let me tell you what God is doing. He doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. He wants your heart. He gave his son to get your heart. And what he's doing is he's finding out where your heart is. He's finding out who is on first. You remember Abraham waited 25 years for Isaac. 25 years for his firstborn son by his wife Sarah. 25 years. And do you remember what God came and asked him for? <laughs> Isaac, his firstborn son. And God didn't wait and say, now, Abraham, listen, after you have ten, give me one of them. 
He said, give me the first one. Abraham had to give Isaac when he only had one, and he only had the promise and the hope of more. He'd waited 25 years for this, and his wife was 90 years old now, and he was 100 years old. How could you believe God for more children? God said, give me the first one. Why? Because it takes faith to tithe. God asked for the first one. He always asked for the first one. Let me show you just one more scripture. Well, one more before we get back to Exodus 13. 1 Corinthians 16 says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also on the second day of the week. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just just misread that. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside. Let each one of you. Are you in each one? Okay, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. This is important, this, 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 uh, these three words, as, four words, as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. First of all, he said, do it on the first day of the week. Make me first. Then he said, I want you to give as you prosper. Another version of the scripture says, in direct proportion to the amount you earn. In other words, percentage giving. In other words, if someone makes 300 a week, if someone makes 800 a week, if someone makes 1500 a week, whatever you make, what God is saying is you need to give it in direct proportion to the amount you're in. As you prosper, you need to give on the first day of the week. On the first day of the week. This is the Holy Spirit writing this through Paul. And then he made this statement, that there be no collections when I come. In other words, if every person will tithe, I, we're not going to have to do any special offerings. No car washes for the youth. No candy sales in the foyer. No fundraisers. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, if you'd sign the whole church up on this long-distance plan, and I know that they have good intentions, but the long-distance plan is not God's plan for raising funds for the church. Tithing is. If every person tithes, we could build the buildings we need, we could support the ministries we need, we could send the missionaries we need, we could help the poor people we need, we could do everything we need to do if people would just do what God said do. And on top of that, not only would the church be blessed, you would be blessed. That's what I want you to know. The only reason that I'm preaching this is because I understand as a believer what it's done in my own life, and I want you, I want you to live the blessed life as well. It is so simple. If I tithe, I'm blessed. If I don't tithe, I'm cursed. Come on, Forrest Gump can figure that one out. <laughs> blessed, cursed. Ble- I, I'm not a smart man, but I think I want to be blessed. You know, it's not that hard. It's entirely possible, though. I'm just going to tell you something else. It's entirely possible there are some people giving 10% and not tithing. Because the tithe must be first. And I'm not trying to be legalistic. I understand if you pay the bills and write the check in on Sunday morning when you come, if God's first in your heart, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. But I am asking you, is he first? You know, it's a good time to look. Look and see if he was first in 2002. See what your income was last year, including bonuses, raises, everything, extra income. See what your bonus is. See what you gave to the church. See if God was first in your life in 2002. Make him first in 2003. Now, 
Exodus 13. I'll show you two more scriptures and then we're finished. Exodus 13, verse 14. So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this? In other words, why are we killing this lamb? That you shall say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeemed. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, you're going to have an opportunity to share with your children why you do this. In other words, some point your children are going to come and say, Dad, why did you kill that lamb that was just born? Why do you do this, Dad? Why? I don't understand why you do this. And you're going to be able to say, Son, listen, we used to be in bondage. We used to be slaves. We used to not own any sheep. We didn't have anything. We owned nothing. And everything that we have now, God gave us. And God redeemed us out of bondage and gave us everything we have. Therefore, I gladly give the firstborn of all my flock to the Lord. I gladly give my firstfruits to the Lord. Because I used to be a slave and didn't own anything. Now, I have had the privilege of doing this with all three of my children. All three of my children, at some time or other, have asked me, probably like they've asked you, hey, Dad, can I give the check in the offering this morning? Can I give the check, you know? And you say, well, yeah, you can give it. So give them the check. And then you get in the car, and they're just a little bitty, you know, and you're riding, and they're in the back seat. In a minute, they have to see, you know, how much it is, you know. You've got it folded, and you give it to them. They kind of look, and they're, whoa, Dad, you're giving more than a quarter. <laughs> you know, a tie check to a, a little child is like, you know, a gazillion dollars, you know. And they say, why, why do you give this much? And I've had all of my children at some time say to me, why do you give so much to the church? And I've been able to say to them, well, you see, Daddy wasn't always a Christian. And Dad used to be in bondage. But God, with a mighty hand, delivered me out of bondage. Therefore, I gladly give to the Lord. The first of all of my increase. And you see, we do this because we're putting God first in our lives. Now, this is the principle of the firstborn, the first fruits, and the tithe must be first. Let me just tell you what happened to me just recently. We, I just wrote this book. It's doing very well. Uh, in December, I did the final edit on the manuscript. And I closed the book, and I thought, you know, I'm going to pray over this book and ask the Lord to bless it. And I put my hands on it. And you probably had this happen. When I put my hands on it, God just began to flood me. And it'll take me a couple of minutes to tell you what all happened. But I just began to cry because the first thing I thought was gratitude. I, I just can't even believe that I'm writing a book from where I came from, Lord. But at the same time, I put my hands on this book. Now, remember this principle. If you give the first, the rest are blessed. I put my hands on the book, and the Lord said to me, Will you give this one to me? And I have to tell you, all these thoughts begin to go through my mind, and I don't mean this wrong, but royalties, <laughs> all the income. But then I thought about, 
that if you give the first one, the rest are blessed. And while I'm in just all this in a matter of seconds, God spoke seven more books to me just like that. Seven more. Gave me seven titles for seven more. Just like that. I'm sitting there crying. And God is saying to me, will you give this one to me? Will you give this the first one to me? And so I said, Lord, I would love to give this book to you. And so I did. I went back to the elders and I said, you know the royalty schedule that we had set out for the book? You can throw it in the trash. Because this book belongs to Gateway Church. And if it sells 100,000 copies, I'm going to be so happy that I had a part in blessing the church and causing the church to go on. Well, I'm asking you today the same question that God asked me. Will you give me the first? Will you give me the first? And watch what I...